Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Better up! <laughs> I'm Tass Mellis, and I would like to welcome you to No Butts, the casual baseball show here on the Athletic Network. And boy, we're keeping it cash today. We got a, we got a cricket man beside me right here. Although, dressed in full baseball gear. I had to dig out all the baseball gear I had today, uh, Tassie. I picked up this Yankee shirt at Yankee Stadium last year. And this is my uh, 10-year-old son's uh, Blue Jays hat. He was born in Toronto. He's uh, lived here most of his life. But he's very much a Toronto uh, Blue Jays fan. So, uh, anyway, I've got Aaron Judge on the back. So... Well, I haven't got a gavel or rise. That's what they say, isn't it? You know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I've done my research, you know. Yeah, yeah. no doubt. Uh, the international man of mystery, Lee Ellis, yeah. bringing it top to bottom. That hat, yeah, just a bit small yeah. on you. Uh, but I appreciate it. And the man making the magic happen. It's JD, of course. Hello. Hey, guys. Sorry we're late. Sorry we're late. No that's worries. on me. You don't that's have to apologize. Me. It's the summer. We're allowed to be late. Yeah, that's true. Um, it feels good to be back in the Classic Factory for me. It feels great. Uh, thanks to everyone tuning in, whether you're tuning in live, you're one of the bleacher creatures out there, or you're tuning into the podcast afterwards. We appreciate it. I think, Lee, we should jump right in because we've got five top five lists. So yes. This, this might take a bit. We've got some great <laughs> lists. You're going to tell us your favorite things about baseball? Absolutely. I'm very excited about this. I've been actually waiting for this moment, you know, <laughs> secretly waiting for this moment because uh, baseball's a fun game. I like baseball. I, I can't sit through the entire season, uh-huh. but I enjoy a good game of baseball. So uh, I'm going to, you know, tell you about what I've appreciated about it. Listen, that's why we started this show in July as mm. well. It's It's... 162 games is a lot of games. I yeah. used to be able to do it, yeah. um, but it's it's changed now. Anyways, we'll get to your favorite yep. things about baseball. We will get to the best closer entrance songs mm-hmm. out there. Top five list because there's been some doozies going around recently. We'll give you the top five teams to root for if you're a casual mm-hmm. fan the rest of the season. Uh, we will also get to the top five things about playing softball because I've joined a team, baby. I'm excited about that. <laughs> But first, let's start with the five best things in baseball this week. Yes! And hearing JD's stings and intros always gets me amped. The first best thing in baseball this week. You're wearing an Aaron Judge shirt. Yes. The first best thing in baseball for me is that the Yankees... They don't look like they're all that great. There's cool. a bit. There's a crack in the foundation of the Yankees. Now, is that the best thing in baseball for me? Yeah, it is. We're going to be honest with you here on No Buns. I don't want the evil empire just running the show in baseball. I just do not want that. It sure looked like they were earlier in the season. Lee, they were 61 and 23 yeah. to start. That would have been the best Yankees team ever at that pace. They have slowed down. They're 10 and 17 since then. They're tied for the. Best record in the AL with the Houston Astros. 
So, they still have a very good team, but even though they're on pace for 100, it looked like they were on pace for like 116, 117. Yeah. So, I like that they've slowed down. I got to be honest. Five-game losing streak. Yeah. And then last night, a 13-inning game <laughs> against the Seattle Mariners uh, where they lost one nothing. I know, I know we came in here and you said, did you see that? One run in 13 innings of baseball? I mean, the real story for the Yankees for now, from what I'm seeing here, is they're basically locked up the AL East, haven't they? Really? They're good. The the Jays will not catch them. No. So, I mean, maybe they've taken their like foot off the gas a little bit mm-hmm. in that sense. But really, it's whether or not Aaron Judge is going to crack 60-plus homers, and, and he's on pace that. And and that's why I sent you that message last night. I was hoping Judge maybe would have two or three last night <laughs> so we could really dissect it and see how close he's going. But uh, a 13-inning, <laughs> one nothing game. Oh, that's tough. That's tough to get through uh, out there in Seattle. And uh, he went over, uh, as far as home runs anyway. Well, yeah. Um, listen, the, the diehards were enjoying the pitching matchup. Right. Uh, uh, and and that's why the Yankees are good. They've got Garrett, Garrett Cole yeah. as their ace. Uh, if you go 13 innings and you only give up one run, yeah, uh, you know everybody was successful. The thing I like about uh, Yankees fans is that on the other side of the the diamond there, Luis Castillo pitched eight scoreless innings against them. He is the guy that they wanted to get at the trade deadline, mm. but the Seattle Mariners were able to nab him. So the Yankees. Yeah, their fans crying. Oh, it's wonderful. It's wonderful to see that they didn't get one guy. They tried to get Luis Castillo. Unfortunately, yeah. it didn't happen for them. And he is so good for the Seattle Mariners, especially against the Yankees. He's been great in his last few matchups against them. And we'll get, again, to the top five teams that you could, you should be rooting for the rest of the season. The Mariners are on that list. Yeah, uh, I'm excited uh, about them. But l- just to go through the Yankees, and you say they they've may have, taking their foot off the pedal, but they've got some injuries too. Yes. The guy that they acquired instead of Luis Castillo, Frankie Montas, coming off shoulder inflammation, uh, but uh, he's he looked bad. He looked good in his, I shouldn't say good. He, he looked like he can throw, he can still throw hard in his first start with the Yankees on Sunday. He's still throwing about 98, but he got beat up. That's understandable. He just got there with the Yankees. Uh, that's, Understandable, but Michael King is done for the year. Their reliever, Giancarlo Stanton, Anthony Rizzo are banged up. Monday, I don't know if you saw this lead. First inning, uh, DH Matt Carpenter was up. He's a left-handed hitter. He swung. Ball went straight down onto his back foot yeah. and broke his foot. Uh, I don't understand how that doesn't happen more often because right. of the, the, the ricochet is going straight down. I mean, they have sort of... Um, reinforced shoes somewhat don't they well they have like shin pads yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They, they have like the, the floppy pad yeah. that kind of goes over the shoe there's a lot of protection down there but the amount of times I sort of see that and the ball shoots down I'm I'm surprised that it's not a more common injury um, but it must be it must be like getting shot in the foot like at that mm-hmm. speed uh, so yeah that, that was a blow for them but uh, yeah. yeah and he, he stayed in the game baseball players are tough he stayed in <laughs> he stayed in next pitch he struck out and he said luckily I didn't make contact because I yeah. would, would have had to run on that uh, yeah, yeah. broken foot but it's a kind of a sad story because it's it's not a typical Yankee that they paid for he's sort yeah. of a, a comeback player of the year yes. favorite he was on a minor league deal with the Rangers to start the season uh, you know he's at sort of the latter part of his career and he's also trying to bring back the mustache as well Come, <laughs> comeback mustache of the year he's one of I those thought, guys uh, Yankees weren't allowed to have any facial hair 
Oh, you're going back. Lee. Yeah, I, I I think that's a thing of the past. Is that but when uh, since Steinbrenner has uh, passed? Because that I remember Johnny Damon was the big one who came from. I mean, the Red Sox of all teams mm-hmm. to go to the Yankees, and he had the big facial hair, and right. he had to clean it up. I even had to cut his hair. Didn't right? He? Yeah, yeah. The trim. It, it was unrecognizable in a Yankees uniform. I guess that was a Joe Torre rule. Uh, back then, I oh, think. was it? Tor- I thought it was uh, Steinbrenner. Steinbrenner. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. Anyways, yeah. uh, the Yankees now managed by Aaron Boone. Yes. Uh, they had a, a five-game losing streak. First time they were swept this weekend. The St. Louis Cardinals are, are flying up the standings in the NL Central. Uh, Aaron Boone called a team meeting Monday, and they got a win. They sort of rallied around Carpenter going out of the game. Andrew Benatendi, who they picked up at the deadline, starting to perform. Josh Donaldson, uh, but the Aaron Judge story. Listen, I don't want the Yankees to win. I think the the judge story is still uh, compelling every mm. night you, you're watching, as you said. Yeah, he's had he hit his 44th on Monday. He's still on pace to break the Yankees' record of 61, and no one has hit 60 in Major League Baseball since the steroid yes. era. Yeah, uh, since you know you were probably watching baseball. Absolutely was. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, in 97, 98, when it was Sosa and uh, Mark McGuire. I mean, that was actually great for baseball because. Oh yeah. Even though people suspected what was going on, people were watching because they were in such a great race there. And again, I was in London at the time and everyone was talking about it because it was like, they're going to set records, they're breaking records. And uh, it seemed like every night one of them was was sucking a dinger. And uh, it's great to see Judge because I know Judge has got the, he's, he's a massive guy. He reminds me of Alex Rodriguez. At the plate, he's just that big, big guy, and when he hits him, like they, uh, man, they, it sounds great. He's got a beautiful swing there, so I hope he does get it. It'd be great to see, um, because no I, I think I think baseball needs a uh, needs that sort of story again, because you're probably again in that AL East, you're not really looking who's going to win. It's, it's the battle for the uh, wild card, really, isn't it? After that, so yes. um, the Blue Jays looking good there, but uh, the Mariners are t- right there with them, so. Uh, going to come down to the wire (laughs) yeah and for judge we'll see if it comes down to the wire yeah again he's at 44 uh to get to 60 you know he's got 50 50 games games, yeah yeah so you know one every few games he should yeah he's still on pace he's on pace to break roger maris's team record past the babe as well yeah it's been a while uh, since we've seen 60 again 2001 and they're they're not gonna likely like rest him like in the nba are you this you're you're going for that this is baseball yeah you're going for it uh so I think I, I hope he plays because again it will uh, it will generate the story the closer and closer he gets to that record. Will you come on the show and uh, knock the gavel or whatever? Absolutely, you're- <laughs> absolutely. I can't believe I didn't even like prepare. I mean, JD probably doesn't have one in the house here, but uh, <laughs> yes, I'm going to go and get one. I'm going to the uh, party city this afternoon. I'll see if I can pick one up, and I'll get the little the hair thing as well. So uh, yeah. All right, let's continue with the race. Uh, I mean, the list, the race, I said. Uh, The list here. The second best thing in baseball this week. Uh, For me, again, it's not necessarily the best thing in baseball, but the Dodgers hammering the San Diego Padres needs to be brought up because the Padres went and got Juan Soto at the deadline. Um, And here's something you should know. The San Diego Padres are a Major League Baseball team. I think they're they're a forgettable team. Yes, uh, we'll get to the top five teams you should be rooting for. I think the Padres should be one because they're kind of a hipster team. You know, JD brought it up randomly, <laughs> sort of after a, a show earlier. Oh yeah, the Padres are a team. Hey, it's okay to forget about the Padres. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've been listening to the Athletic MLB show. There really hasn't been a good reason to to, <laughs> to know that the Padres are there. They don't make the playoffs. You know, since the the late Tony Gwynn was around, there's just nothing noteworthy about them but now that they've got Soto yeah. he came in they won their first game 9-1 uh, 
It was phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, another new Padre, Brandon Drury, hit a grand slam, making me look smart. We had a conversation with Jason Stark last week about Brandon Drury being a utility guy. He comes in. The Padres' Twitter account that night, though, not so great. When Brandon Drury hit his grand slam, their tweet was, Brandon Drury? No, that's slammed in Drury. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like something off of the my fingertips. Uh, not not great. Uh, Anyways, yeah. and that's maybe why they went on a five-game losing streak right after yeah. that. Uh, part of that five-game losing streak against the Los Angeles Dodgers. And I bring that up because the Dodgers are the evil empire in the National mm. League. Uh, they have the best record in baseball. They are so tough to match up against for the San Diego Padres. That was their measuring stick after uh, acquiring Juan Soto, and they got swept. Now, Manny Machado, uh, you know, another part of their, uh, their their big three, Juan Soto himself and Fernando Tatis Jr., he was asked, are you worried after being swept by the Los Angeles Dodgers? Machado said, worried. I'm Manny in Machado. <laughs> uh, and hey, hey, man, he came back. Uh, he had a walk-off homer Tuesday night against San Fran. Uh, Juan Soto hit his first home run. They picked up a win. So they've sort of bookended five uh, losses here with uh, a win against uh, San Fran. And, yeah, Fernando Tatis should be back. Juan Soto made a real nice catch Monday night against uh, Petco Porch, as they're calling it, in right field, hammering that wall. So Mm. they have no chance of catching the Dodgers, like you you said there about in the American League. But the Dodgers, they are absolutely stacked. And it's okay. It's okay for the Dodgers. We'll get to the Braves later on. Uh, It's okay for the Padres to lose these games because – there's still some baseball to be played. Well, they're battling with our Braves, really, aren't they, as well, for the, uh, the wild card in the NL. But also, I mean, we may, right now, based on the standings, we might be looking at two evil empires in the World Series. I mean, that would be great for baseball, wouldn't it? Like The monstrous, yeah. monstrous markets of Dodgers, New York and LA. Uh, Dodgers, Yankees, especially after the Dodgers last year, fell over against our Braves, remember? <laughs> yeah. The Braves had home court, because uh, home uh, home field, I yeah. should say, when the Dodgers had a much better record. And uh, and so they certainly feel, I guess, uh, there's the, the revenge factor factor there but um yeah the Padres scored four runs in those three games against the Dodgers I mean you're not going to win too many games if you're only scoring four runs right uh but the Padres is funny because 1998 I believe it was they made the World Series against the Yankees and that was my first sort of foray into baseball and I thought the Padres must be one of those like ah they must be one of those San Antonio Spurs teams you know like just always in the playoffs always making the finals uh and I'm not sure if they've been really close ever since then so uh that was in the middle of the Yankees when they won like four in five years, I think yeah, it was. Yeah, wow. I had totally yeah. forgotten that. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, they haven't I, won a playoff game in a long time. Yeah. Uh, I'd forgotten that that team got there. Yeah. Wow. And Well, I, I had a t-shirt. You know those end-of-season championship t-shirts with all the faces, the um, character, caricatures? Caricatures, yeah. yeah. I had that, and I had like you know beat the Padres. I think I think they swept them in the in the uh, they did. in the World Series. They yeah, did, yeah. So uh, that was it. That was my flirtation with the Padres. I thought <laughs> they were good, and uh, it's been a while since they're back. But maybe this year they'll sneak in because honestly, th- this is true about uh, again with baseball. These wild card races are pretty fun because again, they're not going to catch the Dodgers just like the the, the Blue Jays aren't going to catch the Red Sox. But seeing how close it is now. You know, and the Braves. I know we're going to get to them uh, with a series against the Mets, and then the and the uh, Padres getting swept by the Dodgers. That really tightens up that race. So, it's yes. exciting. I, uh, I I do like the expanded playoffs of, of including an additional team in every in each league. I should say so six teams in each league. Ooh. I know MLB wants an additional one, and that would make fourteen of thirty baseball teams making the playoffs. 
You don't like 16 in the NBA, do you? So you're no. probably not going to like... 14's uh, a lot. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, as we're watching, as we talked with uh, Jason Stark about the trade deadline last week, enough teams aren't necessarily going for it with right. uh, 12 teams. But anyways, uh, a conversation for another day. Yeah. Uh, speaking about the trade deadline, the third best thing in baseball this week, and, and I legitimately mean this to be true, Shohei Otani and all the rumors around him, it's good for baseball in a way because a lot of teams can say, hey, we got a shot at Shohei Otani, this freaking superstar, because uh, he was not traded at the deadline, but it sure looks like he eventually will be. He's going to be moved, and it's sort of astonishing to think that, but uh, the Los Angeles Angels continue to lose, and he will be a free agent at the end of next season, so 2023. We saw the Padres able to deal for a superstar in Juan Soto because they had the farm system to do it, and the GM who was willing to take a, a chance and, and, and empty their cupboard. So I think Shohei Otani will be dealt for something even smaller than that, even though he pitches and he hits. Uh, so I think he gives a a lot of middling franchises hope going into the postseason. And I do think the package is going to be smaller because even Jason Stark, the, the incredible Hall of Fame writer, it was, it was difficult for him to wrap his head around what kind of package yeah. are you going to have to give up for Otani. Soto was able to get five potential stars uh, from the San Diego Padres in return. So Shohei Otani, you're only getting one year of him when there was three years uh, of Juan Soto and... This guy, I, I know it's 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 it is difficult to wrap your head around. Because yeah. I mentioned Babe Ruth earlier. It is like Babe because he is obviously hitting. He's at, he's got twenty five dingers himself, <laughs> tied for tenth in home runs, and he's tied for sixth in strikeouts on the hill with one hundred fifty seven Ks. <laughs> he he on on Tuesday night. Yeah, he won his tenth game. Yeah, six shutout innings for him, and now he's uh, the only player. Uh, you know, since Babe Ruth, him and Babe Ruth, the only players in history with 10 wins and 10 home runs in a single season. The guy is a monster, and he hit a dinger along yeah. with those six scoreless innings. But isn't it a failure of the Angels to yes. be in this position? Yes. Because you've got two players. You've got an incredible pitcher, and then a guy who can come out, and he's, you know, from what I can see here, better than a lot of... He's not just like a... It's not just gravy that he's getting these runs. He's actually a really good hitter. Yep. So, uh, and, and again, I, I did some research on it and saw what the sort of trade rumors were. And they're saying they want like really good players and they want uh, draft capital and all that stuff. They want to cash in on both sides of his skill set. Mm -hmm. But again, you're in Los Angeles. Like this is a huge market. Shouldn't they be more focused on trying to get players around him and cashing in rather than okay, we've messed this up uh, and, and, you know, trying to have to trade him to try to get better players because this is another one of those situations where this is beyond baseball to see a guy who can do so many things. There's no one like that that I can think of in recent times. That's Zero. Been, yeah, that's been even close to that. So it's kind of like, I guess in some ways, a, a Giannis who's a defensive player of the year and an MVP. It's not quite the same, but in, in the sense that he plays two very, very good and different positions uh, so well. And, and again, he's 28 years old. So I, I'm, I'm just sort of surprised that there's even uh, rumors about this and that the Angels aren't saying, there's no way we're trading this guy. We're going to try to give him the biggest contract we can and in turn uh, try to surround him with better players. I mean, they've got uh, Trout. Trout as well and a huge contract. So. Mm -hmm. Where, what's the direction of the uh, of the team there? I mean, are they saying, yeah, sorry, we blew it and we'll, we'll try to cash in our chips? Or is it like, no, we're not going to give them up so easily? 
Initially, I thought that's exactly what they should be thinking. It's Shohei Otani. It's yeah. a once-in-a-generational player. You've got other players at, at the All-Star game that we talked about a few weeks ago with Trey here on No Buns yeah. coming up and taking photos with this guy <laughs> be, because he, yeah. there is just nobody like him. Yeah. Nobody. He is just an incredible pitcher and hitter. It just doesn't happen. But GMs in Major League Baseball are, are calculated. I mean, like you said, he's 28. They know he's going to leave. And, th- I mean, that's what it's coming down to. Yeah. It's, it's very, very likely he's going to leave because they can't build a winner around him. So next year when he's 29, and that's the difference with Juan Soto, who's yeah. you know only 23, uh, still uh, the next team who's going to get him, if they can sign him to a long-term deal, could get a decade of uh, uh, yeah. a superstar pitcher and hitter. So I know I know what you're saying. I guess the difference in the differences in the NBA like, you know, Damian Lillard, Bradley Beal are yeah. getting these contracts. One player in the NBA can affect a team a little bit more. Yeah. They they just because of, you know, the the dynamics of the game then. Even Otani who does both things uh so so well. Yeah. So they stink. The Los yeah. Angeles Angels stink. Uh you know, like the Padres they have even with Mike Trout, who is considered one of the best baseball players ever, very, very, very little playoff success. And, yeah. and they traded uh, Rafael Iglesias uh, to our uh, Atlanta Braves. I'll say our. That's yeah, fine. Hey, why not, man? Why lean not? into the. We lean live into here. the uh, yeah. recently so at, yeah. at the at the trade <laughs> deadline. So they're you know they're starting to tear it down. There's there's far more calculation after talking to uh, Jason Stark last week. There's far more calculation in the front offices, long term. To say, listen, uh, you know, Shohei's not turning us around. It's it's clear yeah. we have to do something with him. But that being said, they didn't trade him last week at the trade deadline yeah. because they just couldn't bring themselves to do it. It may come in the off season. Probably, I think, is where it seems like that's where it'll come. Because if yeah. they wait till next trade deadline, then he's a serious rental. Um, and and at least you know if you trade him this off for him this off season, you've got a year full of tickets to sell because. Yeah. He is a money maker in that regard. I just don't want to see him end up with the Dodgers. Well, but wouldn't yeah, wouldn't it be either the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Mets, or the Red Sox if he's a free? I mean, they're the ones who have got the biggest as uh, a free agent. Yeah, uh, the biggest like uh, you know they're the ones who throw all the money at him. Um, yeah, the and, Mets will get in on it. Yeah, um, but yes, I mean because again, you're in Los Angeles, like this biggest, second biggest, whatever market in 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 America. Uh, again, it's a failure on the Angels to to even be in this position. I think. But what's incredible, like just looking at his stats here. You know, 17 uh, games he's been the pitcher where he's gone 10 and 7 but he's batted uh, he's he batted 107 games like that's also unheard of surely isn't it because ba- pitchers usually pitch once every what 6 days or so so this guy when he's not pitching he's out there swinging away batting 256 I mean that's just incredible to have that talent on uh, on both sides of the uh, both sides of the diamond. Yeah, and it, it, ten and seven doesn't sound all that impressive in and of itself, but baseball's gone away from the sort of the win loss record. Right. The, the ERA is still incredible, two point six eight. Yeah. He's striking guys out at an incredible rate. Uh, his WHIP walks and hits per innings pitch <laughs> only one point oh five. I, I do. I will say it sure looks like yeah, one of those high end big market teams are going to get him in, in terms of free agency, but. Like the Padres, were able to cobble together you know five potential stars, three position players, two pitchers. There are other farm systems that have done it well that could maybe cobble something together that right. were in the sort of the Juan Soto sweepstakes that could maybe be in the Shohei Otani sweepstakes. That's what I sure hope 
because I, I watch baseball and, and think of, you know, the sort of middle market teams. Let's go, Orioles. Let's go teams like that right. uh, that hopefully can, you know, make those pennant races, as you said, that are exciting now yeah, uh, even more exciting. So mm. moving on. Mm. Uh, one thing I don't find exciting, getting to our, our fourth uh, thing here in the uh, the top five best things in baseball this week. Umpiring, it's kind of embarrassing for Major League Baseball. It's it's even more. We talk about it on, on No Dunks all the time about referees and bang bang plays. Yeah. In baseball, it is you know so slow and is so apparent when yes. a, when, a, when a home plate umpire misses something. So it happened this past weekend. Braves Mets. I'm watching on Sunday, and whenever you tune into a broadcast now in baseball, you see the sort of the digital strike zone. Yes. It's very, it's, it's right there. And so Spencer Strider and his mustache are pitching for the uh, Atlanta Braves against the New York Mets scoreless game, bottom of the third. And there's a guy on first one out. He's pitching to Francisco Lindor. It's Oh one. And he pitches a strike that's in the zone. It's clearly in the zone, but home plate umpire calls it a ball. And then there's a replay of it. The broadcast clearly shows it hit this square that we're all looking at, and it's just embarrassing for baseball. So it's 1-1. Lindor fights back, singles. Next hitter, Pete Alonso. Same freaking thing happens. He fights back after he should be down to the count because another strike hit that digital box yeah. that we all know. Uh, it, it, he should have been down to the count. Well, He fights back, double, knocks in two, striders out of the game, and so should the umpires the umpire should be out of the game <laughs> because robo umpires, literally robot umpires, the technology that we see in like tennis yeah. uh, where the, you know, the ball hits the digital line. They're coming. Uh, Rob Manfred, commissioner of baseball has said there will be some form of robo umpires in 2024, but they can't come fast enough uh, because it's just wrong. It's just wrong. I'm so glad I'm here to talk umpires and referees. <laughs> I feel like we're just back on the uh, basketball and, and I, Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> but I, not that I'm a Braves fan, but yeah. every pitch does matter. And, and yeah. I know uh, uh, Spencer Strider got off the mound. He said, well, those Mets, they're just lucky offensively. And, and, and I know it sort of sounded like he's given an excuse. He's, he said, well, that's great that they hit some balls. It's August. We'll see what in October because the Mets and Braves have a rivalry we'll yeah. get to. And our friends at John Boy Media, they said, "Well, you can't say stuff like that. I mean, you're 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 admitting an excuse. But if you watch the game, I, I it would have been a different inning. Uh, he wouldn't have been knocked out of the game. I think if the balls are called correctly, there just is no need for that guy who stands behind that catcher to call things wrong. Mm. We the umpire the umpire will be eliminated. It's totally fine. Technology eliminates jobs. We got it. We got to <laughs> go here. We got to go. I love this because." Uh, what we want to see is one of the other major sports trialing things like this. Mm. <laughs> because if it's successful, uh -huh. then you know the NBA is going to look into it and try to evaluate and see where they can uh, you know, put it into the basketball game. If it's a complete failure, then you know the NBA is going to say, well, there's no need for us to even try that. We're going to have to live with the uh, imperfections of having human referees, which again is fine. Um, so as far as uh, you know, as far as the the, the game you're talking about and the plays, you know, and, and I saw another one as well with the with the uh, Blue Jays and a call that was overturned Ooh, and things like that. Whit Merrifield. I mean, it, I like that call. It, it, the thing is, for me, it, it is the same in virtually every sport. Yeah. That you the, like, if you want the robo technology, then it just eliminates a part of the game of like, okay, 
down to interpretation. Referees, they're not perfect. We understand that. If you're going to sort of remove something that's like traditional like that, you have to make sure you get it right. And mm-hmm. I guess the technology, and tennis is probably the, still the best example. They can get those calls right virtually within seconds and everyone accepts it and moves on. And no one really, like linesmen, it's the linesmen that have been removed, not the umpire. There's only ever been one umpire in tennis, so it's the linesman's job, which was always very difficult anyway. In this, you're removing, I guess, the home plate umpire completely. Yeah, from those type of calls. Yeah. Maybe he's still there to make the calls at the plate. Yeah. Like that Jay's call. Yeah. But the calls that are just – there's no human error needed. Yeah, I mean, the yeah. difference between a, a, a block charge call on yeah. a basketball floor where Ed Malloy thinks it's a block. Yes. I mean, those are bang-bang plays. For sure. And it, technology can't take that – can't replicate that subjectivity, yes. that judgment call in the instance. So I'm not saying take them away entirely. Yeah. You still – a check swing still needs to be interpreted. But yeah, the ones where you could see it, the ones where we're 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 all watching it. Yeah, the digital lines. Well, and again, I think you have to be prepared to accept that the technology is perfect in that sense. Again, the same with tennis. Like it may not be always a hundred percent, but you kind of have to be like, all right, well, we all agree that if it's in that digital box, mm-hmm. that's the strike zone, and if everyone can be on board on that. And what's interesting about this as well, and I read that uh, uh, Rob Manfred, he doesn't even need approval from the Baseball Players Association to implement this, mm. and he's basically saying it's coming, not next season, the season after, in some form. Exactly what that will be will still be is to be determined. But it's interesting that um, part of the collective bargaining agreement was he got this power to say, I'm getting this right. And I think a part of it is to speed up the game as well. I think that's still uh, one of the problems baseball has is that it's still a little bit slow and a little bit at times you've got to keep things moving. And this is a way to do that where it's like virtually indisputable now or it will be whether or not it was a ball or a strike. So I think that is actually good for the game in that sense. But you're always going to have still people just saying, ah, that's, you know, the technology's awful. That's not right. It's not perfect. Or if it, you know, curves away at the last minute or something like that. But... I like, as I said off the top, I like the fact that baseball is trialing this because I'm, I'm, there's no doubt that other sports are going to watch how it's implemented and then whether or not they can pinch something or uh, use it in their own game. Yeah, I, I say I want it tomorrow, but you're right in that they need to try and work it out. They're working it out in the minor leagues. They're working yeah. out ways to speed up the game with a pitch clock, uh, with the, the elimination of this shift. They're doing some cool things in the minor yeah. leagues, I think. And so... I can't wait uh, until uh, it, it just it just it hurts my brain to see something literally happen. I, I know we see it in basketball; yeah. but it's different to see it. This is the call, but this is the wrong call, and we see it immediately. Yeah. Uh, but I, I get what you're saying. Like the technology has to be, yeah, so, ha- uh, has to ha- has to be believed. That yeah. is entirely fine. I mean, I don't want to turn this into a cricket podcast, but honestly, like 30 <laughs> years ago, the biggest controversy. We said the cricket podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we said the music would come out here. It is. <laughs> well, in cricket, so you know, it, it, like if you're running between the wickets, right? Yeah. If you're out of your ground and the guy throws the ball and knocks over those stumps, you're out. Now, it used to be literally the umpires just sight, 
right. and you've got the ball coming in at 100 miles an hour and, and a batsman running, and they would just say, yep, out or not out. The amount of times they got that completely wrong was hilarious. So they changed. That was the first <laughs> thing they did was basically go to computer or, or TV review for that, mm-hmm. and they got it right. And now uh, it's implemented in other ways of the game as well, down to things that have been uh, interpreted by an opinion, mm-hmm. and they've changed. Not everyone loves it, but I think everyone is starting to at least respect that you get the call right. Mm-hmm. And so I think... Again, in this instance, for, for, for that game you were talking about that had so many other implications, yeah. if you can get those calls right, I think it's worth doing. I think it's worth getting them right. Respect. Respect to the cricket fans that understand. <laughs> that understand. I'm glad we got to some cricket talk. That needed got to more coming up later on. Oh, so, uh. interesting. Okay, and the last thing we'll get to here in the five best things in baseball this week to give you uh, just a summary of what happened. That Mets-Brave series, it was important for the top of the NL East. They ended up playing five games because they had a doubleheader. To- <laughs> they needed to make one up from earlier in the season. Five games in, in four days. Yeah. No one, again, tell me ever the cricket's too long. I, I looked at this and I saw two scores on the one day there on uh, on Saturday. Yeah. And uh, we, we lost them both. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it was funny because I uh, now that school's gone back, I've bumped into a few of the dads again at morning drop-off. Big Braves fan out there. <laughs> and he was telling me last week, he goes, oh, we've got a massive weekend against the Mets. We can't afford to drop these uh, this series or, you know, this, uh, this weekend. He said, this is going to have huge implications. And yeah, one and four. The, uh, the Braves went there and uh, I, I just I mean I know that they play a lot of games in against their division rivalries yeah Whew, five in four days man that's uh, <laughs> I mean do people go on to f- five games you know <laughs> have you ever been to a game in the, in the afternoon and then come back for the nah, double header I've no. never been I've never done the double header yeah Never. Yeah. And and they're separated yeah by I, like three hours or something yeah, yeah. and I guess to, to sell tickets for sure for sure uh, yeah but no. And yeah, I was watching the the first one with my father-in-law and he took I think two naps during the game because <laughs> it was it was a four and a half hour ball game. Uh, well, he, yeah, I mean he must be a, a Mets fan then. Yeah, is he? Nah, no. No. Nah, oh. He was just he just had it on. Oh, right. right. Uh, <laughs> no, he's he's a non-American, so he's not really right. into baseball, but he appreciates it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, and so I was trying to tell him, yeah, the, the Braves having a big series here. Yeah. They're three and a half games back going into that set with the Mets. They're now seven games back. Yeah. And they still have seven games, as you said. They play a lot of divisional games. So they still have <laughs> seven more games, one set in New York, one set here in Atlanta. But like I said about the San Diego Padres – you can bounce back. The Padres bounced yeah. back a little bit. Atlanta had a, a win Tuesday against Boston. Uh, an, incre- an incredible Ro- yeah. Ron- Ronald Acuna slide. Oh, my God. What a slide. Uh, <laughs> the athleticism. There's athleticism in yeah. baseball. That was beautiful. But uh, it was good. a good measuring stick for the Braves. Um, they still believe. You know, They yep. are the champs from last year. They still believe. But uh, it was a good measuring stick. And, and – the Mets got to feel good. They're, they they should feel like they're on equal footing uh, with the Yankees. You talked about a yeah. potential Dodgers World Series. Well, the Mets have more wins than the Yankees now. Uh, they got to feel great. Uh, DeGrom is back. Scherzer's obviously back. Um, and uh, to transition here to our next top five, Edwin Diaz. Oh, my God. The closer for the yeah. New York Mets. Uh, he ended the first game. Of that series, pitched two innings. Closers can pitch more than one inning. And then he ended the last game there uh, against the Braves as well. He's averaging like two strikeouts per innings, uh, per inning, I should say. Uh, he is one of the best closers in the game, and he has one of the best entrance songs in yes. the game. And that's what brings us to our next top five. The top five 
closer entrance songs of all time. <laughs> wow. <laughs> top five, top five, top five. Top five, top five, top five. Yes, definitely inspired by Edwin Diaz of the New York Mets. Uh, we will get to that. It is part of the list, baby. Now, I went all time. Because there's a consensus. There's there's a decent consensus of the best ones. And I thought that they would all be in the past other than Edwin Diaz yeah. until, until we had a new entrant. Number five here is a new entrant, the Baltimore Orioles, Felix Bautista. Oh, baby, let's hear it, J.D. Omar's coming. Omar's coming. I love Felix Batista plays Farmer in the Dell. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to, to start, it's in Baltimore. Um, so that is amazing. But I guess Farmer in the Dell doesn't go long enough. So then he plays O Fortuna uh, a little bit later yeah. to come in. How do you feel about this, JD? And how do you feel about him kicking off Jonathan Papelbon and the dropkick Murphys? Uh, <laughs> because that was a good one, it, it fit Boston back in the day. Um, but how do you like Felix Batista? Respect to Michael K. Williams and, and Farmer in the Dell. Oh. I mean, that feels so good. And it's it's the wire, so why the hell not? And it's in Baltimore, right? Yes. Yeah, so it's amazing as I peek over the lower third here. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's awesome. And it was very smart of them to bring in Orf- o- Ofortuna uh, in because, you know, it could call, kind of fall flat, but then it just explodes and the mm-hmm. lights go. I can't believe this is number five looking at the rest of this list, to be honest. Ooh. But I'm fine with dro- the, the Dropkick Murphys is pretty cool. But uh, but yeah, this is this is awesome. Uh, interesting. Interesting. Are you, um, you didn't watch The Wire. No, that, I didn't, the, no. That, that, that really, that's what sparks it, man. Oh, right. uh, that, that, so, and he, yeah, he does it in Baltimore. Uh, I don't know how long he's been doing it. Um, but yeah, all, all, the rest of this list... JD, you said you're surprised that it's number five. Mm-hmm. Baseball traditionalists and their baseball tradition of uh, <laughs> of closer entrance songs will say it, it's really just all old guys uh, other than Diaz because number four, Mariano Rivera's Enter Sandman is probably too low for the baseball traditionalists because Enter Sandman. Yeah, I mean, that's a, an incredible start to this song. Yes. Like, uh, to hear, this is the best closer ever, walking yeah. out of the pen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's not much else to say. I mean, this is just an incredible start to a song. It, it brings, like, the atmosphere, especially at Yankee Stadium there, uh, ball a song. And, I mean, Manny, Mariano, like, he was pitching probably when Enter Sandman came out in 91, wasn't he? I mean, yeah. I know he was pitching forever. Um, yeah, not quite, but yes, uh, I hear yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, it, It's nice when it, you know, it... Yeah, they cross over in yes. terms of the timeline. It was pretty close. I know a lot of people, the bleacher creatures here in the chat are saying Mariano's got to be number one. This has got to be number one. It's a damn good song to yeah. come out to. Yeah, you can just see James Hetfield there as well. Like, I'm surprised like they didn't do it live uh, one day for him. And mm-hmm. I have Metallica in the uh, in the stands there just playing it. But uh, yeah, brilliant, brilliant choice, brilliant song. People are saying too low. I hear you. I hear you. But listen to the next few. We've mm. got some uh, some good ones coming up here. Yeah, there was a good era here in the 90s and 2000s. Trevor Hoffman, Hell's Bells, is number three on the top five closer entrance songs. Another one that's 
yeah, yeah, it feels good. Oh, a little Akadaka never hurt anyone. I mean, you could have <laughs> you could have honestly chosen a few from uh, ACDC, uh, Highway to Hell, Who Made Who, even for me is a great one. Uh, With Thunderstruck, me. Yeah, those. well, yeah. I mean, that's uh, that's up there as well. Um, yeah. So there's, there's a back in black as well. I think you could put just it's not necessarily the song, just it's just the start of it. Yeah, you know, it's that big, uh, big guitar off the top. So. Um, Hell's Bells. I mean, it started with the, the sort of bong, mm-hmm. bong, mm-hmm. all that as well. So it could have been the Big Ben uh, entrance, really. But, uh, yeah, I mean, another great one, like, because you know the crowd's going to get into it. Everyone's yeah. going to start the little head bang. They're going to start their support for him. So it's great. Yeah, that's a big part of it is the people in the stands. Are they yelling? Are they yeah. screaming? Enter Sandman, Hell's Bells, there's no doubt. Uh, yeah, the Farmer and the Della, I think... I had it at five just because, even though it's my favorite TV show of all time, I don't know if the entire stadium is getting behind it like you would for these. But if you didn't like number five, JD, I think you hate number two. And I understand why you're going (laughs) to hate number two. Everybody's going to hate number two. Yeah. (laughs) Multiple closers, because this is an old one. It's bad to the bone. Goose Gossage, Dennis Eckersley came out to this. Yeah, it's I, 80s. It's got 80s yeah. written all over. It's freaking old. For sure, for sure. I can see why people choose it, but I, I this song to me is actually I, I'm sick of this song. It's just played yeah. to death. Anytime someone's trying to say, "Look at this guy's a bad guy," and it's like, yeah, it's a bit cliche now. You need to find something else. But at the time, these guys were pitchers. Wasn't yeah. quite the same. But if anyone wants to bring that out now, you'd be like, oh, "Is that the best you got?" You know I mean? It depends on the character. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this, this song was always cringe for me. Yeah. Like uh, when it came out, I was like, "This is the most cringiest song yeah. ever." Like, I can't believe it's <laughs> no. a hit. But I, uh, I get yeah. it. I mean, you know, it's yeah. like I don't know what Ricky Vaughn came out to in Wild Thing. Uh, it, was, uh, it was. Oh, Wild Thing. It was Wild Thing. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, right. Um, so, you know, it, it's to me, I bring that up because it's that kind of shtick, you know. Uh, yeah. it, it depends on the character. If you, yeah. You know, there's there's a guy in The Guardians who could pull this off. Like, there's some... BJ Ryan, could you see him coming out to this? I guess. I mean, yeah. he, he was always... Like, Closers have a bit of a reputation for being a bit crazy, though, too, don't they? Like, and I remember BJ coming out, had the long hair. He would come charging out from yeah. the... Uh, you know the bullpen, yeah. Yeah, the bullpen there. So I can sort of see it suiting someone like him, who's a bit more embracing the the weirdness and the craziness yeah. of a closer. But uh, I just think now, if you're at a game and you heard that, you, like I say, you'd be like, ah. <laughs> yeah. come on, man, yeah, come up with something else. Yeah, it doesn't fit the time right no. now. Um, no. But I'm I'm a I'm a historian, right? Baseball, uh, we got we got to play to the traditionalists here. Yeah. So you know we got only one current one so far with Felix Batista, but the number one closer entrance song of all time is Edwin Diaz of the New York Mets because it gets people amped. And it's the trumpets! Oh my god, this is unreal. Yeah. You can hear we're playing you the Mets clip of Diaz coming out. Yeah, people having fun doing the trumpet. <laughs> the air trumpet. You yeah. don't see that every yeah. day. Yeah. You know, we were talking about songs that need saxes, uh, more saxes. The trumpet as well, an underappreciated <laughs> yeah. instrument if you can pull it off. Totally. 
and Edwin Diaz can't. Yeah, uh, he's a Latin American uh, player there as well, so I think it also plays into his uh, his background. Yeah, I'm sure he loves it. Yep. Yeah, so uh, that's just great. The uh, the Mets TV broadcast it doesn't even go to commercial when Diaz is coming in. Right, they're ready for that that minute, and so. That's that's the big part of it is that the state you you may not like bat to the bone, uh, you know you may you you may say hell's bells come on farmer in the dell's way better than that but the stadium is jumping and yeah. all and all five of these instances of Felix Batista Rivera Hoffman the goose yeah the, the Eck and Edwin Diaz and they come out when they can smell a win so everyone wants their their reliable closer to come out and shut the door and and, and to have that music there pumping. Gets him going, gets the crowd going. It's a, it's a really good thing for baseball, I think, that. And uh, I just, yeah, I, bad to the bone. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I'm not getting up for that anymore. No way. No, no way. No, no. It was, uh, you know. I mean, I, I remember there's a there's a thing on the Bad Boys Pistons, right? Mm-hmm. The Bad Boys Pistons from the late 80s that has Rick Mahorn doing the bad to the bone. So that just shows you how old the song is and how it was used then for like a, a rough guy, like 35 years ago. Time to move on. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, it is time to move on for us as well. We've got a, f- a few more top five lists to get to. We'll try and get to them a little bit quicker. Do you want to do our walk-up songs, JD? Because I know we're running long here. Oh, no, yeah, let's do it. Okay, yeah, this was inspired by an email, actually. So moving from the closer entrance songs to the walk-up songs, hitters you know, walk out to uh, whatever song they want at home, which is, is pretty cool. An email asked us, Howdy, quick question in anticipation of no bunts. What would you guys select as your walk-up song if you played in Major League Baseball? Would you stick with one song or change it up per at-bat? That's uh, be tough on the uh, the audio <laughs> coordinator in the stadium. Uh, thanks for hundreds of hours of on- entertainment. That's from Joel in Cream City. So, Lee, what would yeah. you walk out to? Well, yeah, so this is different to the closer song. This is our going up to bat song. Yeah. Um, and and th- this was a tough choice because I think I would like to mix it up. I-, I-, I want lots of different songs. But I also want to bring a little bit of different energy to the plate. I don't just want to like be like, all right, I'm ready. I'm on, I'm on the at de- uh, on deck circle there. I'm going to walk up. I want to do a little pirouette. I want to sort of get the crowd going. So I'm going with George Michael's Too Funky because it's like, you want to walk out to this. Like, you're dancing up to the plate like this. You're dragging the bat along behind Too you. Too funky. Spin. Yeah. You take your helmet off to the crowd like, whoa, come on, like that. I mean, you want to have some fun, you know? Yes, You know, you maybe sure. bust out a little moonwalk as you get there to the plate, you know, like uh, the other team, the catcher's rolling his eyes and that, and you just do a little dance, you point to him. I mean, uh, that's what it's all about, I think. And then the crowd's like, oh, yeah, this is a cool song. I haven't heard this for a while. Are you going to be locked in? Are you going to be oh, focused? Yeah, yeah because the music relaxes you. It, like, calms mm. you down. So you realise, like, I'm having a little dance. I'm going to have a swing the bat. It was either that or uh, Don't Stop Me Now by Queen. I mean... That's also got a really nice, uh, good piano off the top. That's more of an amped up song, though, you know, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I just, I just want to go out there casually, a song you cool like. it. Yeah, and and again, you're throwing the pitcher. The pitcher's like, what's he, what's he got that music playing for? Then you're in his head, you know. <laughs> got to get inside of you. It's I mean, too loose, man. You think it's too loose? Yeah. <laughs> you better hit it. <laughs> Coming out after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, it is tough. It's way different than being amped as a closer, right? Uh, right. Than, than coming up, you know, locking in, focused, being disciplined, yeah, being calm, ready to sit back on a yeah. pitch. 
you're catching you're catching everyone else off guard. That's what I mean. Like they're expecting like this macho, you know, big guitar <laughs> riff, like drums banging, bass going yeah. crazy. Instead, you're just like, oh man, this guy's just like putting me in a different trance here. So it is know. tough. I I did go a little bit macho as well. I went number one by Nelly. Mm. Because I like the guitar okay. off the top too. I think you can play it on the bat. Come out if you know if you're feeling yeah. good. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Riff yeah. a little bit. But I'm cocky here. Right. You know, you, you got it. You know, point this bat at the pitcher. Yeah, you yeah. ready for this? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And let's rock. <laughs> Simple as that. I found th- this is a tough one. This is this is tough. Yeah. I, I agree with Joel. Maybe you want to switch it up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think at bat to at bat. Yeah. Yeah. Second at bat. I know a, a, a pretty um, common one is Crazy Train, isn't it, by uh, Ozzy Osbourne. I know, like... Um, I mean, you hear it at basketball games all yeah, the time. Yeah, I, I know, like, Troy Gloss used to come out to that for the old uh, Blue Jays. Uh, and But I've sort of... I, I'm pretty sure I've heard it from other guys as well. It sounds league. like it's bad to the bone. I think that's a thing of the well, past. Well, yeah, possibly, yeah. It, it's not as cringy. Um, <laughs> but uh, it sort of had that more intimidating sort of vibe behind it. But... Again, that's the that's the stereotype. You want to yeah. you want to try to mix it up and uh, soften the pitcher up a little bit. Think he's got an easy out here. Hey man, I he's love my George Michael. Yeah, nothing, yeah wrong, for n- sure. nothing wrong with that. Yeah. All right. Uh, so we'll get to uh, a few more of our top five lists, uh, but we got to take a quick break. After it, you'll tell us what you love about baseball. Yes. I'll tell you what teams you need to be cheering for the rest of the season. But first, uh, a word from our sponsors. We got Graydon Gordian. <laughs> Doing an ad read. I want to hear Graydon Gordian talk Indochino. We'll be right back. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply. Welcome back to No Bunts. We had some good suggestions for walk-up songs from the Bleacher Creatures watching live here. Javante Music said Stone Cold's Glass Break theme is a good one. Just something to start with the Glass Break. Yeah. It's, it's a real good one. I, yeah, I like yeah. the, how, it, how it starts. Yeah, it's sort of like a break-in case of emergency type thing as well, like when the closer's coming out there. Yeah, the closer one, sure. Uh, Hit Me Baby One More Time uh, from Ignatius Roberto. <laughs> Uh, That's pretty funny. I like that one. And uh, actually, uh, another uh, sort of (laughs) ironic one. Gerardo Parra, baseball player, came out to Baby Shark once. Uh Uh, Apparently, uh, Ignatius Roberto reminded us of that. Mm. Uh, I'm guessing he's got a kid, maybe, and he was trying to like have his kid watch or something like that. Maybe it could be like what you're doing with George Michael there, just to throw off the picture. Exactly. I think that's the way to do it. Get into their head a little bit. Or he hates the fans. Uh, 
<laughs> or he hates the uh, person who has to dig up the music. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you want? What do you want? Something rock, something heavy? Give me a little baby shark. <laughs> or, uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, another list, as we said, five top five lists here on the show. This is number three of five, and it was inspired by an email that I'll read. Hey there, guys. It's fair to say that I came for the basketball content and have stayed for all the other great content. It's your most recent new venture into baseball that has sealed this email. I'm a total noob to baseball, so I've been trying to pick up some stuff from the first four shows. The thing that always makes sports so much more fun for me is having a team to root for. Uh, So I'm looking for some advice on which team to support. For basketball, I cheer for Phoenix. In in the NFL, I cheer for the Dolphins. I've visited Boston, Seattle, and New York, so I have a few connections already. It's giving us a lay of the land there. Uh, I don't want to just jump on a team because they're winners. So what would I need, or what what should I cheer for? Uh, Rob, asking that question there. What do you got for me? Well, Rob... I'm glad you asked this question. Here's another top five. Top five teams to cheer for the rest of the Major League Baseball season. Top five, top five, top five. Top five, top five, top five. All right, so off the top, I'm going to I'm gonna say right here, I'm not going to give you a team that's out of the playoff race. Right. I wouldn't screw Rob like that. <laughs> uh, and, and as I've said, expanded playoffs – there's more teams that are sort of in it. Uh, more than half the league is still alive. So I'm going to choose one of those teams or choose five of those teams here. I'm, tr- I'm trying not to choose front runners. That's not fun. Right. Um, but also uh, one notable thing about the expanded playoffs, you get at least a three-game series with the expanded playoffs. It's not so just a single. Do these count as playoffs or are these the play-ins? I mean, do yeah. they have their own stats? Or where That's are we a good going? question. <laughs> I think, that, yes, I'm saying they do. Right. Well, right. in baseball, they do. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the three division leaders plus three wild cards. I'm picking five teams that have a shot at that, Rob, and some connections for you. So at number five, the Seattle Mariners. You can rally around this team, rally around them, because they have the longest playoff drought of any team in america so, any, any american major sport 2001 yeah and that was the first year i moved to toronto and they had a hundred and they won 116 games that season yeah. Ichiro's first season there lou Pinella was the coach who's like always uh he's the old crazy old coach <laughs> of uh, baseball and i remember at the time thinking like this is unbelievable like they were setting records and uh you know Ichiro coming over and just being amazing from the start and then they uh, they left. Uh, they got crushed by the Yankees in mm. the second. What do you call the, the ALDS? I, I think, think it was it the is. ALDS. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that was uh, really deflating into the season. But what I couldn't believe was that they had that incredible season, and they haven't been back to the playoffs since. That is just wild. It's been a long time. I see people labeling them as America's team, right, uh, out there right now because everybody, yeah, wants to get behind them. Yeah. And because they also stole a player, stole from the New York Yankees that they wanted, so you got to cheer for them. They're, you know, America's team because they're the anti-Yankees team. They got Luis Luis Castillo at the deadline from the Reds, giving up three prospects. The Yankees wanted him. They've got Robbie Ray, a great name, former Blue Jay. Uh, Julio Rodriguez, the 21-year-old sensation. And they're hanging on to a wild card spot right now. They play at a great field, Safeco Field, formerly T-Mobile Park now. Uh, and, and they're 
you know, not one of the front runners. They're 11th on the Athletics MLB Power Rankings list, so you're not cheering for a front runner. But it is a team you can rally around. Great uniforms, great atmosphere. And, and it's it, a professional team in Seattle, which we need one back in the NBA there. That's uh, a good point. So, yeah, uh, hopefully they can make it back because, uh, as I say, it, it, it's weird. 21 you, years. Yeah, just wild that you can have. Because 116 wins is also incredibly unique, isn't it? You yes. very rarely see that many. I know a couple of teams crack 100, but not that many. And uh, wild that they, they really didn't have a good postseason that year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and while that, you know, they're worse than the Sacramento Kings. You know, the Kings <laughs> have made the playoffs. And it's tougher in baseball, obviously. Yes. Uh, but uh, the Seattle Manners, America's team at number five. Hmm. Four more teams you should cheer for. This is a big market, but the New York Mets. I, I think it's fun to cheer for the non-marquee franchise in the city. So this is the Clippers you're basically going for. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Brooklyn Nets to some degree. Yeah. You're cheering for little brother. Yeah. And you're cheering against the Yankees in a way if you're cheering for the Mets. Uh, so I don't mind that. They're probably the best team on this list, uh, but they're great. You know, with, with Jacob DeGrum returning Scherzer, Edwin Diaz with the boss entry song, as we just listened to. And they could they they could knock off the Yankees in a World yeah. Series, Lee. And Subway Series of 2000 was uh, was Yankees-Mets, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. And uh, you remember. You remember those um, days. But don't the Mets have a reputation for always, like, blowing unblowable mm. leads? Mm-hmm. I know it was uh, – well, I can't remember exactly the season, but they had, like, a seven-game lead with, like, ten games to go, and they lost that. And they just always kind of get in their own way. Again, a little bit of a cursed franchise, making the same comparison there to the Clippers, where it's like – the Mets always seem to be looking good, and then and I, you know, you, you follow a variety of people on Twitter, and some people are connected to the Mets, and they're always like, "Ah, oh, they blew it again." Uh, so yeah, they 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 blow it. <laughs> uh, they haven't won since 1986 um, when another team blew it in that World Series. But you know, it'd be good to be there for the win yeah. if, if it happens. Like you know, the Red Sox breaking their curse, the Cubs breaking their yeah. curse. The Mets have not won in yeah nearly 40 years. And they're the only team with a player who's appeared on no bunts. So that's a good thing they've got going for them there. Trevor May was on the show a couple weeks ago. So you mentioned Kawhi and the Clippers. It's an interesting one because at number three, we've got the San Diego Padres. Mm. Top five teams you should be cheering for. Kawhi Leonard, he's going to games uh, and watching the San Diego Padres with his fam. Again, the San Diego Padres team, kind of forgettable in the landscape of Major League Baseball. I'm okay saying that because I listened to the roundtable on the Athletic MLB show. They said, it's all right. They're a forgettable franchise. Yeah, They had Tony Gwynn, not a lot of success since. They are the hipster team for me, uh, and Kawhi is probably their most famous fan, I'm guessing. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know. Uh, But, you know, he, he went to San Diego State. He's there, and they have an electric, electric Big three. I don't know if they call him big three in baseball, but I'm calling him big three of Manny Machado, uh, Fernando Tatis, and Juan Soto. Machado is like, you know, a, a, a very, um, I call him electric. He, he, he's got this huge personality, huge home run to end the game on Tuesday, slap in his chest. He's got so much personality. Fernando Tatis is coming. Juan Soto is probably the quietest of the three, but I, I like those three Dominican born players together. Uh, they've been in existence since 1969, mm. but have they? I'm, I'm not <laughs> sure. Uh, you, you know, they've never uh, they've never won. So 
It's a good team to get behind, I think. Yeah, uh, it would be a nice place to play out there, I'm sure, oh, in, yes. uh, in San Diego. A really nice ballpark out there. But uh, yeah, again, it, it, I like this top five because I do feel some sort of connection to each of these teams so far. Uh, because as I say, the Padres, I thought, were a good team because they made the World Series. Um, mm. They have made the playoffs since then, but sort of uh, unremarkable in terms of what they've done. Uh, since yeah. then, they've but, won uh, one playoff game since 1998. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you know it's when they've gotten in, you know they've gotten swept. It's been a long time. Yeah. Uh, mo- most of, most of the time they get swept, and I think you know we we mentioned uh, the Mariners and the longest drought. I think the Padres are sort of that one team in all of professional sports that have brown and yellow uniforms, Ooh. and they can pull it off. Mm. Uh, I, I don't... I well, don't I guess, th- what, what are the Cavs have got the sort of gold and... Yeah, uh, yeah. But this is more like... Yeah, tw- yeah it's th- a brown, yeah. It, it's this is brown and yellow. Yeah, yeah. This is, uh, this is straight brown and yellow, yeah. and that doesn't really happen in professional sports. Uh, this color scheme... Is pulled off. I, I actually really, really like it. And, uh, you know, with the matte helmets these yeah. and these dudes who are just cool-looking guys and Tatis and Machado, they can pull it off. Yeah, I'm a little surprised they're not a bigger team considering where they're located. Uh, I mean, that would be a great place to live and uh, to ply your trade out there in San Diego. You know, you're not necessarily in Los Angeles, but you're not far away. You're on the coast. Yeah, you're the little brother. The, yeah, you know, a little. Obviously, yeah, sure. Los Angeles. Yeah, San Francisco as well. Right. So yeah, you you get beat, but if you can pull off brown and yellows. Yeah. Kudos to you. Um, all right, so it's a couple more teams now. Now we're getting a little close to home. And number two, it's the Toronto Blue Jays. Homer. <laughs> I say as I'm wearing the Blue Jays hat. <laughs> <laughs> There's a Blue Jays pennant behind yeah. me. Uh, but listen, there's a couple juggernauts in the American League. That's the, that's the part about baseball that it still, it, it, it kind of sticks in my craw. You know, there's there's just the haves and the have-nots in, in baseball. And, and the Jays, are they're knocking on the door of the haves in uh, the American League. The Astros have been good for a long time. They now have, the, I think, the same record as the New York Yankees. So there are those two teams, but you don't want to cheer for them in the American League especially with what happened with the Astros and their cheating scandal. But the third best team in the American League is the Toronto Blue Jays. So I think you can cheer for them. Uh, And uh, No Bunts obviously has the connection there with where this show started. Uh, And as we said, No Bunts at all because that's how people get hurt. Did you see Blue Jays pitcher Tim Meza a few days ago? There was a bunt, a, a squeeze play, Yeah, which is a cool play. I I like the squeeze play, but Tim Meza was – got off the hill to go field the ball. The only move that he had was to grab it with his right hand, yeah. which is his glove hand, and then tag the runner who's coming home from third on the squeeze play. Uh, but he ran into him and hurt his shoulder on the play. That's why no bunts, no more injuries will mm. happen. Uh, but that was that was a lot of heart by Tim Meza. Hopefully he comes back. You've got Bo Bichette's hair. Um, that man, the shortstop, hit two opposite field homers. On Tuesday, a three-run jack, and this is a good tweet. The Jays tweeted, flow the lead, because he's got that beautiful flowy hair. And yeah, you want to cheer for a team that also hasn't won in a long time. No. Uh, and they've got a, a new bench boss, too. That, uh, that's uh, Schneider. Yeah, that that would be uh, pretty remarkable if a team was to change coaches and go on and, and win it all. But 
you know, I, I think having yeah. lived in Toronto as well, uh, through the days where, you know, it was uh, Buck Martinez was a coach and John Gibbons was a coach as well. Cito Gaston was there. But they were never really even close to the playoffs until we moved down here, remember? And they had that two mm-hmm. or three year run where they made it. And it looked great. And, and that's the thing about like the Blue Jays is the fans do come out and support them. And it's just great to see that they are in the race this far into the season because uh, I remember a few of those years where it was like pretty grim uh, early on from sort of June and July where, you know, no one wanted... I remember Nick Swisher one day just unloading. I was in the Yankees uh, locker room unloading on the Yankee on the on the Blue Jays fans because they weren't there supporting the team because it was late into the season. Ah, these are, why are they just going to watch hockey out here? That's all they want. <laughs> but when you do see the Blue Jays successful and winning and the crowd there, the atmosphere is incredible. So, yeah. uh, you know, I, I'm just happy that they are competitive again and, and, and able to get in. I hope they can get into the playoffs because it, it does feel, and, and you, you're, you're certainly going to be more qualified than me to talk about this, but it feels that the playoffs, home field advantage is less of an advantage in, in baseball. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's because it, seems, it really does come down to like each pitch is a battle. Mm-hmm. And, and it's uh, sort of like hockey as well. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. A, a big goal can just swing a game. Yeah, and, and and because there's fewer fewer scores as well. Right. I mean, I think in basketball, you know, you can run up twenty point, you go on a twenty point run and things like that. Whereas in baseball, one run, and we saw it last night there with the Yankees and the uh, Mariners, can decide the game. One pitch, one moment, one mm-hmm. error. Um, you know, can decide it. Yeah, it really can. Remember that that game where Bautista hit that huge home run after um, was it Kansas City kind of scored on a bit of a, a bobbled play where it, it it ran off the bat and I think so. Yeah, I think it was Kansas City. Anyway, those things the the, the margin for error in baseball is so much smaller than it is in in basketball, which we follow uh, you know more closely. So that's what I feel with baseball. Like every single pitch come playoff time has so much more of a potential impact on the game to be able to swing that game. Yeah, and the Toronto Blue Jays, they don't have the stadium. I would say yeah. they, they definitely come out for the uh, for the Jays when they're winning. But it is one of those old stadiums yes. that's sort of labeled like the Rays or the A's. Yeah. It's not quite as ugly as those stadiums. But, uh, you know, it, it's a bit of a dated stadium that mm. they're updating. Well, you know, state of the art when it when it first opened, yeah. wasn't it? The first, oh, uh, you better believe the it. The first uh, retractable roof. But yes. now it's like that's now 35 it's, years. Yeah, maybe? it doesn't have the, you know, it's 89. So yeah, it, that doesn't have, yeah. uh, it doesn't have... That baseball cachet that mm. I mentioned, like the Mariners, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, yeah, God, yeah, yeah, you know, even Camden, the Camden Yards, Yards. Yeah, 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 Farmer in the Dell, baby. Uh, anyways, still, still, it is a rocking stadium, you know, when they have a winning team, yep. And at number one, keeping it real close to home, the Atlanta Braves, the home, yeah, yeah, you're and you're cheering for the World Series champions, yeah. but it doesn't. <laughs> It doesn't feel that way. It doesn't really feel that way. No. no. Uh, especially with the, what happens in baseball, uh, as we've said, GMs are so calculated with how they look at teams. It's it's almost Daryl Morey esque, like right, the right, NBA. Right. It's, it's it doesn't even feel like you know they are you know on the precipice of winning again. Yeah. Um, GMs think do you know do we have enough talent across the board because the best teams do win, but. Um, they have a lot of talent. They've signed guys to great contracts. There's the Blue Jays tie. Alex Anthopoulos has, has signed yes. Austin Riley and Ozzie Albies and, and Acuna uh, and Olsen. They're great. 
Um, but they're not the Dodgers, which is nice uh, if you're cheering for a team. Uh, and they're not the Mets. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not giving you the actual cream of the crop. Yes, they did win the series last year. But, um, you know, I got to give you teams yeah. on this list that have a shot. Yeah. And they are leading the wild card. Uh, so they will go in, into, into the playoffs. Hopefully, yeah, I'm yeah. sure. I'm, I'm, I assume they will. They'll be there, and I, like you said, they knocked off the Dodgers last year. Yeah, and, hopefully they uh, can knock off somebody again this year. Yeah, and and with Freddie Freeman now on the Dodgers, yes, that would be uh, quite a juicy matchup in the playoffs because he obviously uh, def- defected. I mean, he did defect, didn't he? He go, defected. Yeah, uh, to go out there and play for the Dodgers, having a pretty good season. But uh, yeah, considering what happened last season, it'd be great to have a a rematch of those two. And also, the Braves they actually need to win the World Series again. Because they got to get the celebration right. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> One of the most hilariously embarrassing things that happened last year was they had two celebrations, the street party celebrations, and there was footage of the bus just hammering through the city, which is not what you see ever at anyone's uh, post-championship celebration. It's this slow you know, uh, movement of the bus as they go. I mean, we just saw the Warriors do it there where it's plodding along you know, at, at less than a mile an hour. Instead, the Braves... Act as if you've been there before. They just—it was, it was like it was a bus that was running late for something, and they had to get there. So the Braves owe us a much better street celebration than we got last year. That's fair. Yeah, they're trying to do two things at the same time: respect the old stadium along with the new stadium. They messed up. Yeah, I think they know that. Uh, they should—they've—they've got to rectify that. So hopefully, I didn't mess up. There's the top five list. If you want to join and jump on the bandwagon here especially with the Braves, where we're living, uh, that'd be a good team to, to jump on because I'm sure we'll make it out to a game as a collective and report on it uh, over the next couple months. If you want to have the same team that cheering for as Trey Kirby, you know, who, who's cheering, or as Zach Harper, other basketball friend, Lang Whitaker, yeah, Lang, Jared yeah. Dent, who a, a, appeared in episode one of No Bunts with his report on why the Braves will repeat as champs. There's a chance. There's a chance that they could... So that's why I threw them at number one, even over my Blue Jays at two, the Padres at three, cheered for the hipster team, the Mets and the Mariners rounding out the top five teams you should cheer for the rest of this season. And and one comment here I'm seeing, what about my Orioles? The Orioles disrespect from Jason Fire 34. (laughs) The thing that bothers me about the Orioles, and, and they've turned it on, is that they didn't go for it at the deadline. And again, it's getting back to this baseball thing where it's all about the numbers, unfortunately, unless you're the Padres really going for it. And you think, oh, we, we don't have it. They traded Trey Mancini, the guy that that's their lifeblood. They, they traded for him or they traded him away, I should say, because they didn't think they were good enough. And now they're winning games. So I can't get excited for them unless it's Felix Batista coming out of the pen. Then I can really get excited for them. But that that kind of bothers me about baseball is that there's not enough teams just you know, just trying to do it, but I guess there's a reason for that. Yeah. You know, they well, need, yeah. I mean, look, honestly, what we need this year is Braves Jays because it would be great for us, <laughs> obviously, and it would be the 30 year anniversary from uh, when the Brave when the Jays won their first. It would be. Yeah. Yeah. Good call. So uh, that'd be quite wow. hilarious if it was uh, if it was a repeat of of the '92 World Series where the Jays won it. Jays Braves. Yeah. '92. Yes. All right, Lee. Uh, we are. Yeah, it worked. We got. I knew these lists were going to take too long. I just knew they were going to take too long. But anyways, what's not too? Hey, it's 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 the off season, so feel free. I'm not trying to rush you. Feel free with your next top five. Your top five favorite things in baseball. 
Yes, well, uh, we love a good top five here. Yes, no we dumps. do. And uh, and when you invited me to come on the show, I was like, I've got to bring something to the table here. I don't mm-hmm. just want to be a stooge. I like baseball. <laughs> and I've been living in North America now for, what, 16, 17 years, something like that. And I do love the game. I, I Like I say, I'm not going to be sitting down watching, you know, Royals and the White Sox in a three-game set. I'm not going to be doing that. <laughs> But playoff baseball, I'll tune in for a game. And just going to a game is a lot of fun. One of my favorite games I ever went to was uh, a Yankees-Blue uh, Jays game. It was it was around Labor Day in uh, 2001 back in Toronto. A friend of mine flew up from New York. He said, let's go to the Yankees and the Blue Jays. It was like 11-8. There was home runs being hit by everyone. Jorge Posada got ejected. It was a, it was a matinee game as well, like a 12 mm. o'clock game. He got this great seat. So it's, it's a really, really fun atmosphere. On the flip side... When I got married in 2007, a lot of people flew in from Australia and England, Peru and things like that. And I said, oh, let's go to a baseball game. It's great. You know, I had to sell it a little bit. Yeah. We went to an Angels-Blue Jays game. It was 1-0. Oh, wow. I don't think it went to extras, but I also think the one run was scored on a, uh, on a bases-loaded walk. <laughs> so, so there was eventually, it was a nil-nil game. And I was there, people, I was bigging it up to people saying, it's great, you're going to see some home runs, you're going to see some you know, close uh, get, uh, plays at the plate. There was none of that. So uh, fortunately, that memory was uh, superseded by our wedding. We had a great wedding. So it was great. But uh, the game itself, not so rememberable. But nah. anyway, my uh, my number five favorite thing about baseball, and I don't know if they do it as much these days, but it's dudes who don't wear gloves when they bat. Mm. Like Vladimir Guerrero uh, Sr. is the first guy I think of like that. Jorge Posada, I just mentioned him. He was another one who did it. Because to me, that is just straight up baller style toughness that, you know, we're talking about trying to intimidate a pitcher. For me, if you go out there and you say, I don't even need gloves because I'm just going to go out there and whack this ball. It's not even going to come close to my hands. I think that is... Is, is just a show of confidence. It kind of reminds me a little bit of old Mac T at the, uh, with the Edmonton Oilers not wearing a helmet. <laughs> Mac T. Yeah, yeah, like guys just going out there with just bare hands. It, it, it's almost such an alpha move, I think, because it's like, I don't need gloves. I'm just going to go out there. But do, they, do you see much of that these days? I don't think... I don't think anyone does it. Yeah. There may be a few, um, but I, I hear what you're saying. Uh JD producing the heck out of this show. First of all, seeing uh, Vladdy Guerrero there swinging the bat—it's a, it's a good memory yeah. seeing Vladdy there. It's it, it's good to feel the bat, yeah. right? You feel the wood, you feel yeah. the grains of wood in your hand. You can really become one with the stick, yeah. and it's a real cricket move, right? Well, I mean, no, they wear gloves like yeah, guess, no, right? and, and see the funny thing is in cricket you wear gloves with pads on your fingers because the same thing—the ball's coming in at you know ninety miles an hour sometimes. <laughs> like this is the one thing about not wearing gloves if you if the ball does hit your gloves in baseball and breaks your finger it's actually going to be harder to get the glove off than not having gloves I mean you can treat it straight away you know what I mean yeah I guess you so, cut it off yeah so in cricket yeah everyone I've never seen a guy not wear gloves playing cricket because Whoa, the ball bounces and moves around yeah yeah so, uh, shout out to baseball. That's uh, that's pretty tough. That's tough guy stuff. Yeah, listen, uh, when JD produced our uh, best baseball names, he threw out Rance Mullinex as mm. the uh, as the image. Rance Mullinex. That's a that's a that's a way back playback. Oh yeah, he, you know. Is he still on the Blue Jays calls these days? Rancy? Yeah, nah, I don't he think was. So. I remember he was for a while there with um, well with Buck actually. Yeah, yeah, Buck, Buck getting healthy. 
Love, oh yes, love Buck on the call. Oh yeah, um, but Rance, yeah, no, I don't, I, I don't know if he's with, yeah, but it, yeah, it, it's uh, special. I think I would be surprised if there's anyone in MLB that does that. No one's raw dog in the bat, you think? <laughs> <laughs> they should, they should. I mean, not in that way, but they should. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, at number four. It's just a straight-up guy, Paul Canerco. <laughs> just a straight-up guy. Yeah. Now, now again, uh, the best way when you're a foreigner in another place to get into a sport is to get into fantasy sports mm. because all of a sudden you start realizing who's good. You start getting guys to cheer for. And I had Canerco uh, as a fantasy player in 04, 05. I've played three years of fantasy baseball, finished first, third, and fourth. A fluke, complete fluke. But the thing I love about it is it's almost better to have less knowledge because you just play almost Moneyball style. Like, I need this guy, I need that guy. And it helps. And Paul Canerco, every time I used to check the box score when I'd turn up to work in London, get on the internet, I just remember seeing Canerco homer to deep left. Canerco homer. <laughs> it felt like he had 100 homers those seasons. He had 40 and 41. Um, and I just loved him. I, I just, you know, it's like you just uh, feel this connection to a guy like that that uh, all of a sudden you become his biggest fan. And that's why I chose this photo here. Thanks, PK. It was towards the end of his career. Big White Sox guy there. And they gave him a big shout out. I wanted to say the same thing there to Paul Konerko. Thanks for helping me finish respectably high uh, in my baseball fantasy leagues. Paul Konerko. Yeah. Yeah. Great name. Great name. Yeah. I mean, you want to have a little quick game of, uh, hey, what about this name? Sure. Other guys from my fantasy career, Travis Hafner. Big Cleveland Indians Ooh, yeah, guy. Yeah, 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 he yeah. was another big slugger. Uh, Raphael Fakal, former Braves here. Uh, Jeremy Bernitz. You remember him? Bernitz? I think he played for the Mets. Yeah. Nets. Yeah. I don't. I don't. <laughs> Jeremy. Jeremy. Not Jeremy. I... Jeremy. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. No, I don't know that. A bit no. of a weird name there. And then this guy, I still don't quite know how to pronounce his name. I think it is pronounced Sean Figgins, but it's spelt. Chone, like, C H O N. Yeah, yeah. He was a more a shortstop, I think, uh, smaller guy. But uh, yeah, I, I I used to love fantasy baseball because uh, I was doing good at it through you know by basically by accident. But I had a few of my guys there. I had the chef one year, Gary Sheffield. I know he's a bit more well known. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I once had on my pitching roster, I had uh, I had uh, Pedro Martinez and Roger Clemens. I mean, stack crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. <laughs> how did that happen? How did you, you get Pedro and Roger I, someone, on the same team? I had Roger and someone offered me a Pedro deal. I can't remember who I traded for him, but uh, I, I, I knew enough then. I was like, I'm making this deal. So, uh, yeah, it was great. You can see how I won and, and, and did well. I had, I, had, I had a deep staff. I had Levon Hernandez as a closer too. Oh, yeah. He was great. I have been desperately searching for the cool story. Yeah. Yeah. I can't find it right now, but I'm going to wow. load it up. Ne- next time you're on the show, Lee. <laughs> I'm going deeper. I'm going deeper into my fantasy teams yeah. from 20 years ago, JD. Yeah. Trust me. Uh, potential segments, definitely, I have listed down as, let's just name some old baseball oh, yeah. players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could happen yeah. at, at some point. All right, Lee. Okay, at number three, uh, old man yells at cloud here, old Yankee Stadium. Because, yeah. uh, listen. No, it was a great stadium. I've been there a few times. And last time I went there with my good friend Plug, uh, 2004, I think it was a Yankees-Orioles tilt. Um, listen, 
there's just something about Yankee Stadium, the old stadium. You could feel the history and the mystique. And also what I used to love was getting the train up to, I think it's 164th Street there, and all the bars around it. Like the atmosphere. I never understood when there's 81 games how people could get so hyped for the, just every regular season game. But they did, and it was awesome. The atmosphere was amazing. Now, last year, I was actually in New York for a uh, Independence Day tilt, Yankees and Mets. I gotta say, man, and I hope I don't insult any Yankees fans. I hope they don't get too angry here. New Yankee Stadium just doesn't have the same pop. No, it just doesn't. It it, it it's fair. beautiful. It's you know magnificently designed, architecturally sound, <laughs> great to watch from any seat in the house. Not that I went to every seat, but where I was. But it just doesn't have that same feel of uh, of old Yankee Stadium. And and I don't know if you remember the um, the the guy who used to introduce them, the the really really old guy, traditional mm, old the guy. PA announcer, yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously he passed away, rest in peace, but there was just something about being in Yankee Stadium. And, and maybe, look, it was a bit of a like thing for me coming from Australia, going to New York City and going to a game there. But I just felt last year nowhere near the same level of um, of, of, of just ambience in, yeah. the, uh, in the new Yankee Stadium, as beautiful as it is and, and expensive as, as it is. It's impossible to replicate. Yeah. You know, all the... The disgusting food crammed oh, into the yeah. crevices of yeah. you know every corner of that stadium. Yeah, the, the character of that stadium. I've also been to the new Yankee Stadium. Yeah. I've never gotten to the old one. Right. Um, yes, it was. Yeah, you know, it's all big, shiny, and new. Yeah. Really stupid, expensive for everybody. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm. I imagine it's. You know, triple digits for tickets. You know, it's one of those. It's unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, yeah, d- definitely doesn't have the same no. pull. No, no, no. Um, anyway, I mean. Anyway, old man yells at club. Yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. What are you going to do? That's I mean, right. 100 years from now, maybe the new Yankee Stadium has that. It's, yeah. It was around forever. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's impossible to replicate it. Okay, at number two, uh, I have to say, as a basketball fan, I'm pretty jealous of this guy because I think he's got the coolest nickname of virtually any athlete, the Big Hurt. <laughs> I mean, the big hurt. So well earned. Uh, Kenny the Hawk Harrelson in Chicago uh, gave him this nickname back in the day because of the uh, pain he inflicted on other pitchers. I mean, big guy, tough, cool, intimidating. And just the best thing about this nickname, well earned. You know, like not, not a nickname he gave himself, not one that was kind of had to be like almost marketed or promoted. It just suited him perfectly. And uh, I loved I loved that when he would come out to the plate there, you could just feel like the intimidation of the pitchers because he was such a big guy. And um, he just seemed to bomb long ball after long ball anytime I saw him. And he, and he look, he, he played for the Blue Jays briefly. And I went to he a game, did. I went to a game against the Red Sox there. And I saw, I think for the only time in my life, a grand slam. And it came from the big hurt. Mm. I mean, just perfectly. Uh, you know, that, that's one of those things that I'm like, I'm so glad I got to see a big hurt uh, grand slam, even though it was, you know, it's it's his sort of Washington Wizards Jordan stage of his career, not yeah. his prime, but he could still do it. And uh, he inspired me. My first ever blog attempt, I was the Daily Hurt. It still <laughs> lives on Bleacher Report, I think, somewhere. I was just the Daily Hurt because I thought, I'm going to try to be like him. You know, inflicting pain on my readers. Uh, the daily hurt wasn't wasn't so much daily in the end. It was probably uh, <laughs> bi-weekly. But uh, you know, that that's a sort of impact for someone like that he had on me. Not a huge baseball fan, but I was like, man, this guy. That that's the sort of nickname you want. Where it's just people want a nickname like that. It's a great nickname. Yeah, there, there's no doubt. Uh, he was, uh, yeah. I had forgot. I remember the Blue Jay years. Uh, yeah, but he did. Yeah. 
it wasn't like a hey just bounce around, but it was right at the end. Yes, from the uh, the White Sox went to the A's. Yes, and uh, the Jays, and then went back to the A's real quick. But Hall of Famer, two time MVP, yeah. which uh, I had forgotten about there in the early nineties. Yeah, a monster of a man. Yeah. A monster of a man. Now he's doing a lot of ads. Um, yeah, yeah, he does pop up for. Uh, <laughs> is he doing stuff with? Um, does stuff with Doug Flutie yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. the big yeah. hurt. Over five hundred homers in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, uh, well earned. Okay, number one, my favorite thing about baseball, and there is a cricket connection here. Uh, it, it has to come down to Albert Pujols, uh, and mainly just his swing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. I absolutely just love watching him um, at, at the at the plate because his swing was just so pure and so clean. Like, I was going down a rabbit hole yesterday and the day before looking at just uh, highlights of Albert Pujols, and some of his home runs, like, the ball, it, it's like it shot out of a cannon off his bat. Like, the sound that it makes, like, the, the connection is just spot on. Now, I know there's been some other big hitters like Barry Bonds and, and you know, Ramirez and those guys, but Pujols, to me, his swing was the cleanest I think I've ever seen. And, and again, I'm a novice. I haven't gone you know deep into the greatest swings of all time. But to me, watching him at the plate was was one of those things where it's like, I'm watching this guy because I, I just want to see a home run or, or see, him, see him swing in person there. And, um, and it was great. And he reminds me, I think this is probably where a connection comes into cricket because he reminds me of a very famous Australian cricketer named, yeah, named Adam Gilchrist who uh, came onto the scene. Oh, JD producing the <laughs> shit out of this show. Adam Gilchrist, um, he came into the Australian team later in his career, but he really changed the way the game was played because he was super, super aggressive. Now, he was a catcher. We call it a wicketkeeper. And what they did was usually a catcher batted lower down the, the, the roster. Mm-hmm. But instead, they threw him up to the top of the order, and he really just decided to play the game super aggressive from the start. And some of his hits remind me of Albert Pujols, just so clean and so uh, pure, and the sound that they would make sometimes. He had some huge innings in England and in India as well, where like it was harder to score, and he would just hit the ball so perfectly uh, out of the center of the bat. And he had that same sort of thing with Pujols, where when he hit it, almost immediately, you knew. It was like, boom, that's out of the park. And um, I believe he holds the, the, the world record for most sixes, which are technically home runs in test cricket, uh, because... Uh, you know, that was just the way he batted. And he was able to bat this Cavalier style pretty much throughout his entire career. And uh like and a guy great. just just went for it. I mean he went Yeah, and, and at times maybe he could have like dialed it back a little bit, but you just knew that that was part it's like a it's like a, a, a hitter who gets a lot of strikeouts as well. Mm-hmm. Basically they either it's either feast or famine. Yeah. You know, not necessarily quite so extreme, but it's like if they hit it, it's gone. But sometimes they would, you know, they would just mistime it or whatever. But uh, your Joey Vados, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, I mean, I think Rodriguez was like A Rod, wasn't he? A bit like that, wasn't he? Was he? Uh, I mean, I, I, I mean, know he had for average too. Yeah, know. yeah. But uh, uh, anyway, the, the that's, Gil- that's this era though. Yeah, right now the Gilchrist um, uh, Pujols comparison. The Gilchrist there. Pujols, yeah, I love it. Yeah. I love I mean, the Pujols is a fantastic name, by the way. It doesn't get enough pop. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, Adam Gilchrist, you know, because cricket used to be played guys you know they would bat and every now and again you get a guy who go for the big hit Gilchrist basically came out from the start and did that and was successful doing it and so uh, beautiful swing lefty Albert was a righty but uh, very similar for me yeah Uh, and yeah I watched Albert Pujols as his final season here 
It is it is a, a swing to behold yes. for sure. Watching him in the home run derby this year, it's even like he's still got it. He's you know bigger and slower, yeah. and injuries slowed him down. But yeah, here he is in his forties uh, and uh, still got it. It's yeah. a sweet, sweet stroke. Yeah. But yeah, catchers too. That happens in baseball too. They're not predominantly you know in the top four or five of the order. Usually yeah. you're deep in the queue. Benji was a big uh, big hitter, wasn't he? Benji Molina was he? Have I got that right? Bench? Yeah. Oh, Yadi. Maybe Yadi was a better run. And uh, Yadi's a catcher. Like, Yadi's the defensive catcher. Mm, mm, mm. And he's slow. I mean, yeah. there's good one. Alejandro Kirk, he's doing it right now for the Jays. Varitek from the Red Sox. He Jason was, wasn't he? Yeah. Can we name some old <laughs> baseball guys? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but Pujols in his prime years there, I know, with the with the Cardinals. Ah, oh, man, he, he was awesome to watch. So, uh, yeah. I know he's back there now, isn't he? Because he, yeah. he left and went to the Angels. And then he went to the Dodgers. Yeah. Everybody goes to the freaking Dodgers. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he yeah he's he's doing a swan song thing right now, and they're uh, bidding adieu to uh, yeah to him. But they could they they look great right now. That could have been a team that you cheer for yes, as well, the St. Louis Cardinals, yeah. because they've also popped over the Milwaukee Brewers in the NL Central, and the Brewers uh, confounding team because they were leading the NL Central and they traded their closer. What? How does yeah. that happen? Uh, because they didn't think they could pay him. So I'm kind of cheering for the Cardinals and Albert Pujols uh, as well. So. Matt Weiner will be too. I think Matt Weiner is from ah. uh, St. Louis. So. Let's name some people we worked with. Uh, Keith Robinson. Keith Robinson, also from St. Louis, also will be cheering. Uh, uh, you know, my uh, uh, we've got a cat. You brought right? Matt Weiner. We've got a new cat. She's a whiner. And uh, my uh, my wife yesterday, she said, we should call you Matt. And Danielle said, we should call you Matt because you're a whiner. So that's twice twice in two days a Matt Weiner oh, wow. shout out. Um, anyways, Matt Weiner, great guy. Uh, and Cardinals, yeah, I think he's a baseball guy too. Yeah, uh, he is for sure, yeah. Um, so, yeah. I'm, uh, cheering, I'm cheering for Weiner's team, cheering for Keith's team. Yeah. This, uh, the, what, I don't know what their name of the arena is there, but that's another place I'd love to watch a baseball game. Oh, St. Yeah. Louis uh, feels to me like a, one of the traditional baseball teams. And again, they won, they've won a few World Series in the last 20 years at least. I know Pujols won one maybe two I, I in fact he left after they won the world mm. series which was annoying to me i hate it when teams do that same with freddie freeman like stick around man go back to back well the freddie freeman story is that his agent didn't tell him of the final offer from the atlanta Braves. Yeah. that there was a better offer but he wanted him the agent wanted him to go you to know, la yeah. so <laughs> freddie immediately fired his agent now yeah. there's a controversy over that oh, his agent is suing the media member yeah. uh, who came out with that story. But interesting stuff for Freddie. I mean, Freddie cried a billion tears when he came yeah. back here to Atlanta. Um, he still loves it. So, But that would be a good storyline as well. Braves, Dodgers. Anyway, uh, we got to take a, uh, a quick break. After it, we'll wrap it up. I will give you the top five things about being on a softball team. <laughs> One more top five list. One more for uh. you. But a quick break first. Been doing a bunch of retirement planning stuff lately. So I've had documents flying in and out the mailbox. A lot of signatures, both analog and digital. A lot of phone calls, a lot of stamps. Got to get my long-term future straight. Yeah. Let me tell you, Skeets. The things we build our future around are the things worth protecting. Making an estate plan now means gaining security of your assets and peace of mind for you and your loved ones. Watch your assets. 
With Trust & Will, you can create and manage a custom estate plan starting at just $199. Go to trustandwill.com slash nodunks for 10% off plus free document shipping. Trust & Will's website is simple to use and the process is straightforward. In no time, you'll have peace of mind that your assets and wishes are secure with easy access and control of your estate planning. Each will or trust is state-specific and customized to your needs, whether it be care wishes, nomination guardians, final arrangements, or power of attorney. It's easy to ensure your family and loved ones avoid lengthy, expensive legal proceedings or the state deciding what happens to your assets. Secure your assets and protect your loved ones with Trust and Will. Get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com slash nodunks. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com slash nodunks. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. All right, back with no buns. I promise not to talk about my softball team too much, but I got to do it now. Just joined a softball team for the first time since I lived in Toronto a long, long time ago. The Rounders, my old team, they have a playoff game this week. Go Rounders. Go get it done, boys. Uh, but uh, I got a new team. And fittingly, they're called the Free Agents, mm. uh, like we were called once upon a time, because we're sort of a hodgepodge of people that didn't have our own team. Uh, so we called ourselves the Free Agents. So here are the top five things I like about playing softball. Top five, top five, top five. Top five, top five, top five. All right. The fifth best thing I like about being on a softball team, you have people to share sunflower seeds with. Mm. Because when you buy a big bag of sunflower seeds, it's too many. I can't get through them. You know, and my family, we're not, no, I try and get my kids on them. Yeah, they're not really into it. They're like one or two at a time. But, they get stale by the time I get through, you know, to like even halfway down the bag. So that's a good thing. I, 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 I assume I haven't shared any sunflower seeds with my new free agents teammates quite yet. Yeah. I had them in my bag yesterday for our practice, but we didn't, uh, we didn't dig in. Right. Right. Uh, but I just like the fact that these hopefully will be consumed before they get too stale. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's my that's my number five yeah. thing about my favorite thing about being on a softball team. Yeah, they're kind of gross though as well, aren't they? Because you're spitting. It's gross. Yeah, you know, it's you're gr- spitting stuff everywhere. And where are you spitting them? Yeah, you uh, just. Yeah, uh, listen. Part of the reason I didn't pull them out yesterday, I didn't even have one, is because I just didn't know where to spit them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just don't want to spit them anywhere. Nah. I'm getting. I just. I just don't like it anymore. Nah, and, and no more spitting. Uh, no more spitting seeds. There's no more spitting saliva. It's just kind of yeah. gross. Well, when you see someone in the stands and they're just like, and there's just a big pile of gross, you know, seed covers there, it's pretty disgusting. It is disgusting, yeah. <laughs> so I might have to return them to the store. Uh, at number four, about the best things about being on a softball team, I have something to talk to my wife about. Mm. Uh, listen, the last few years I've been sharing <laughs> the same roof, the same home uh, with Danielle. 
So, you know, we run out of things to talk about. Uh, this is fresh. New people. Um, you know, she was asking me, who's on your team? Tell me about this. Uh, yesterday, last night, we got home. This might be number one. I mean, the, this could be a lot higher on the list. I just have something to talk about yeah. with Danielle. I bet she looks forward to it as well. It's like, yes. oh, I can't wait to hear what he what he did at the plate. Really? You know, <laughs> yeah. I hope I hope he went three for five. Uh, you know, drove in so a couple. Too. You know, uh, did you like go through <laughs> inning by inning what happened? Your exploits on the field? Yeah, JD, you're right. Uh, you asked really. You think Danielle will be that interested? I think I think it, it might taper off. I uh, like the baseball season. She was excited after practice one. We haven't even yeah. gotten to the games yet. I think yeah. she'll be pretty bored after game one. But you never know. You she's never probably know. just thrilled to have you out of the house. Yes. Yeah. That's oh what God, I mean. The she's separation. Got, she's yeah, got to, she's got to feign that, uh, you know, that excitement because it's like, yeah. well, if he thinks I'm interested, he's going to be getting out. He's going to be practicing, you know, <laughs> I, tell me more. You I know? said, yeah, I'm, I'm going for uh, going to hit the cages with the team uh, Thursday. She said, yes, get out. Ah. Uh, and I said, well, maybe I could stay. You know, the kids got to go to bed. She's like, no, why are you asking? Just <laughs> yeah. go. Uh, at number three, the top five things about playing on a softball team. It's just nice to be on a team again. This is a sincere one. It is absolutely great to be on uh, a, a team where we're after the same goals. We're training. We're locked in. We are sleeping, eating right. Yeah. We're trying to win this thing. I don't know even if know what we're playing for, uh, but I. it's just great. It's just great to... I'm uh, trying not to take this one personally, eh, Lee? Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Thought we were a team here. Yeah, no, I was about to say, other than us. Uh, but, you know, running around, giving high fives. We don't really give... Well, I guess we do give high fives in here yeah. uh, pre-show. But, you know, so many glove slaps yesterday. Just yeah. so, so many. It's, Butt slaps? Uh, zero so far. Oh, wow. Um yeah, I don't go way back with these people, JD. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's also co-ed team, you know. Oh, okay. when, yeah. Uh, so when do you think keep you start the slaps the, to ourselves? Uh, the butt slaps, then, if you you know you need a bit of history, a couple of years, you think? I mean, <laughs> uh, no, I think just one win. Oh, one win. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know, if yeah. it's a consensual butt slap, we'll see. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll start with somebody I develop a rapport with, and uh, we'll go from there. And what if you use the glove? Yeah. Like it, it's not a not a bare hand. Yeah. It's like a baseball mitt, sort of little tap on the butt. That's yes. Yeah. Right. You sort of, yeah. but still end, consensual, yeah. of course. But of course. at the end of the game, when you do the sort of crossing over like that, you sort of can do the butt slap sort of motion, can't you? Like that, that happens. You're saying in the the handshake line. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you're you're if for people who are listening, you do the high five on top, high yeah. five on the bottom, and yeah. then what, going for a butt slap? Well, I think, I mean, because I, I played some <laughs> softball in Toronto too, and it felt like it was the high five butt slap, but I, I, I mean, I probably... It's, it's a high five, low five. Uh, you shouldn't be slapping uh, butts. I was getting butt slapped. I was slapping butts. I was getting butt slapped. Uh, maybe I was doing it wrong. Maybe it was just the Aussie, the horny Aussie. But uh, <laughs> I was slapping butts, I thought. But Anyway. Uh, <laughs> all right. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, keep it, I'll keep that in the memory. Thanks. Uh, at number two, the top five things about playing a softball team. Gives me an excuse to go to the cages. Now, I wear gloves in the cages uh, because I get sweaty. I'm sweating right yeah. now. There's no way I could hold on to a bat, but it feels, you know, it's, I'm not a golfer. Right. Um, I, I've, you know, gone occasionally. I like to go to the driving range, hit some balls, uh, but I like hitting the cages a little bit more. Yeah. It's just an excuse to go rip. Uh, so that feels good. Yeah. It feels good to go out there. Well, that's one of those things at a game where you can go to the batting cage and you're trying to hit a few. Mm-hmm. 
and it's like 50 miles an hour and they're still skimming off the bat like that. Like yeah. to, to actually experience what it's like to have to hit a ball coming mm-hmm. in at normal baseball speed is, is virtually impossible. So if you can get someone to throw you a few softballs yeah. and you can smack them, feels pretty good. <laughs> it does feel good. Yeah, yeah even fast pitch softball, um, very, very, very hard to hit. Uh, and that's why I'm not taking up baseball again. Uh, it's, you know, regular softballs. It's... Yeah, regular speed, but you're right, 50 or 60. If you're stepping into the cage, what's regular speed? Well, that's a good question. I would say there is no, there is no thing, such thing as regular speed. But I would say, I would say what I would classify as like, you know, baseball overhand. It's like 60-ish. Okay, that's fast. That's yeah. fast. Yeah, that is super fast. I'm yeah. not. I'm, well, we're playing. We're playing softball. I'm not playing baseball. I yeah. think. One of the reasons you play softball, it's inclusive. Everybody can play. Mm. Um, I'm not going back the baseball route. So uh, is your is the pitcher for you on your team? No. Okay. Not in this league. Sometimes it is, you know, depending on the league. Uh, sometimes it is. Sometimes it isn't. Um, some, you know, some people play. There's different rules. Uh, but the opposing team pitches. And yeah, some people play you know more direct pitch. Some people play the the lob ball like yeah. way up, yeah, yeah. but you can't throw it above a certain height um, because it's a little ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, there's there's so many rules. I've played mush ball before with bare hands. That was oh. a, that was a league. That was fun. No gloves. Is the yeah, ball we'll the ball yeah. is you know so, a little softer than smaller too? No, it's yeah. like so, it's size of a softball, yeah. but wow. Like yeah. a grapefruit, I guess. Yeah, that's the thing about... Yeah, bra- uh, broken fingers all over oh, the place. Yeah. That's a weird one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want well, to Well, yeah. That. When I played softball, I had the glove, but my natural instinct for cricket is to go for two hands, and the ball thudded into the glove, and I had my second hand there. I didn't break any fingers, but must have been close, because mm-hmm. it's a big, heavy ball that comes in there. Uh, that's the only thing I don't like about softball. It, it's The ball's too big and too hard. It took a while to get used to, yeah. for sure. Uh, last thing here... The best part about being uh, on a softball team, getting to put on an old uniform again. <laughs> Feel like I'm an athlete. Um, yeah, I put on number 19. I got 19 on the free agents. Right. That's my number. And I uh, uh, can't wait. I can't wait to put that sleeky polyester on. Yeah. So It'll you got get... pants and everything? Like, or is it shorts or wear whatever, you know, basketball. Wear whatever bottoms yeah. you want. Ah. You're supposed to wear pants, though. Yeah. Uh, so I think I have old baseball pants. I haven't checked. Yeah. I'm surprised they still wear belts because, uh, you know, cricket, you wear pants, but, nope. you, but you, you tie them up inside like a mm. sweatpant. Yeah. I'm surprised baseball hasn't sort of adopted because it, it sort of looks weird with guys putting on a belt to go out and play <laughs> baseball, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it is interesting. Yeah, it's probably like the only sport that has a belt. I would think so, yeah. Uh, I mean, there's, you know, martial arts. Golf, real, I or suppose, a belt. technically, but, yeah, yeah you know, it's yeah. not like... You're not running around like in baseball. That's true. I mean, you're doing the sliding. Yeah, I guess you're saying you could tie it up with a drawstring yeah. instead. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's what you see a guy slide. He'll get the dirt in the old uh, underneath yeah. the belt, and he'll pull it out. Yeah. And uh, clear out the dirt. Yeah, it is. It is interesting. We saw yeah. that. We saw that photo of Juan Soto earlier. A big belt. Yeah. Big, yeah. 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 Big stinking belts. But yeah, it's part of the uniform. Yeah. It's like it's history, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of part of the tradition. So yeah, I don't know what I'm gonna slip on in, on the bottoms. Uh, what, well, let, let's what see jammies. the tops. Look at these. Oh, here oh, the yeah. yeah, yeah. They were designed by uh, a teammate of by mine. A zebra. 
Yeah. <laughs> zebra, I, zebra themed. Yeah. yeah. Zebra it's inspired. Gonna be, it's black and white. Yeah. We're wow. getting into the cooler season, so it'll be fine. So you chose number nineteen, you said. Yes, or, I'm a yeah. nineteen. Any any significance uh, behind it? Paul, I always like Paul Molitor. Right. Uh, he was my guy. Right. Um, so he with the Blue Jays during the the winning times, and he wore nineteen with the Jays. Although he wore a, a different, he wore four with the uh, the Brewers back then. But yeah, I've always, I, I just, I played baseball back then. I got nineteen. I, I've just stuck with it since. Right. Love it. I just love the number. Everybody's got their little connection. What number would you wear if you were out there? Probably eighty-seven, just for the eighty-seven All Star game. I mean, that's that's my <laughs> default number these days. So uh, you'd go high, huh? I mean, yeah. That's a, yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, Judgey does seventy-seven. He's ninety-nine, isn't he? Yeah, oh what, yeah, yeah, what numbers yeah. Are, I've got it right here. Ninety-nine. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's... I don't know why I said seventy-seven. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's he's going for it. Uh, there's a guy on my team who's going three digits. I forget what they, I think it's like zero four seven. You know, the jokester yeah, who's put right, three digits right, right, on right. his back. Right. I don't mind it. There's no sixty-nine, thankfully, <laughs> on my team. Not happening. Someone's got to do it. All right, that's it. Five top fives. Crushed it. Good job, Lee. That was a lot of fun. Uh, thank you so much for everybody tuning in. Make sure this week to uh, tune in to Trey and Graydon on No Breaks. There's a bit of a, an NBA tie to their wrap-up of the first half of the F1 season. They also compared F1 teams to NBA teams. They did that for a while. There's a clip of that on YouTube if you want to check that out. Make sure you check out Is This Good? with Matty O coming later this week. It'll be the second episode of that. Matty O and the crew in here as well most of the crew as well so uh check out that new podcast and tell us uh what is good i'm not sure about the <laughs> topics can you tease one topic on that jd um or- i know uh one that we w- didn't get to last week online grocery shopping which uh hmm. yeah is it good tune in to find <laughs> out yeah <laughs> I haven't decided yet. I, haven't, I can't. Well, I can't I'm, tip my hat. I'm not going to be on the show, so I'll give my opinion. Okay, now. let's hear it. No, it's not good. Okay. Uh, there's just so much, so many more benefits. Like we we're just, I was talking about with uh, about Danielle, myself. You got to get out of the house. Right. That's such a benefit. I mean, maybe, maybe if we're in normal times, I would say that would be one thing could do at home yeah. uh but no no get out and do it it's there's a lot of benefits picking your own uh, produce yeah, is, that's uh, is pretty high up yeah. there yeah. yeah i'm leaning not good too but i again lee i haven't decided yet <sighs> two sides to every mm-hmm. is this good yeah. argument yes uh yeah, I'm just having some some nightmares of bruised fruit in my in my head. <laughs> exactly. Nobody wants that. Anyways, all right. Tune into those shows. Thank you so much for joining us on No Bunts today, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Sorry to do this, JD, but I've always wanted to take me out to the ball game. <laughs> Ooh, take, take me out, out with the, the crowd. crowd. Buy me some peanuts and cracker jacks. I don't care if we never get back.
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.